passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the eighteen that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. It is Rewind to Raw moments after the historic 2023 WWE draft is in the books. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, we were building up to this. It's finally happened. Almost. It's not completely done, John. You're right. We have the supplemental supplemental draft, I guess, to look forward to on Tuesday. We have free agents well, not Tuesday, like uh, right now. Like, oh, that's right. They do the post show now. So maybe some people in the chat room can keep us abreast of the uh, the supplemental picks that are going down now. What's a raw talk? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Raw talk. So, I mean, hey, live coverage right here. Live reaction. The biggest picks of all. Who? Which show is Akira Tazawa going to go to? Who has inked? Has anyone got Von Wagner or is he just going to go show to show? Hey, man. Only he knows. Only he know. I doubt he knows. I doubt <laughs> he knows. Not. You know, he was. Uh, you, you thought he was going to the next level at NXT, uh, becoming a a Beverly brother or a Beverly son, and now he's he's off to a free agency territory. Well, we will get into the draft. We will. Uh, I've actually put together both sets of rosters so we can compare and contrast, see what the depth situation is like on both shows, and we do want to make mention that Wednesday. Get your exclamation points out because there is a major announcement coming from Post Wrestling and Poison Rana. Live, Huge. right at the start of Rewind to Dynamite, the foundation is going to be altered. The circumference is going to be uh, compromised. It is going to be known as before and after Wednesday, May 3rd, when this announcement is made. Cores will be shook. Okay. With this announcement. Yes, very excited. Um, yeah, we'll be joined by Braden and Davey on Wednesday. I'm really excited about what we're going to announce. Yes, can't wait. They haven't even told me what the announcement is, so I'm tuning in just like all of you as a spectator. So I'm looking forward to this on Wednesday. Way my first question coming out of the weekend. You know, you have you have traveled the entire world as a uh, as a um you know, shooting some of the biggest combat sports events and getting right into the middle of things. How much would it take you to be shooting in the uh, the pit lane uh, in Azerbaijan if you were uh, sent out to uh, right there onto the pit track as the race has not ended yet and a uh, driver still has to pit before the end? Um, 
I don't I don't think I would at all. Um I mean depends. I don't think these guys were willing well what John is talking about is just a you know unfortunate incident at the end of the uh, Baku race at F1 last night where uh just due to some miscommunication and I guess just a, a real lack of care a bunch of journalists were put into harm's way. Uh I mean I think a lot of these were people that were working for the for the FIA themselves so yeah, just a poor organization all around. I would say. This actually could have been really, really bad. And what you had was one of the broadcasters is screaming at the top of his lungs. And I'm watching this thinking, like, what am I about to see here? Like, this guy is telegraphing. Like, there could be people run over here. And then you have the other announcer saying, no, you, he's, like, questioning him. It's like, you, that can't be right. And he, and this other guy's like, no, he has oh, – uh, Ocon here, he has to pit or else it, like there's a penalty. So then all of a sudden all these people are out here and Ocon has to come in and swerve around these people who are running to get out of the way and thankfully no one was hurt here but man these announcers are like if we could have seen this from this far away how didn't they know a total sham a total sham shambles is the shambles term, John yeah shambles. it was it was certainly a shambles yeah and uh, I think certainly calls more into question. I feel like the FIA are, are often more in the news than the actual drivers. Yeah, it's like the judges when the, they get a score wrong. Well, this FIA. could have been a lot worse than that. Well, today, you know, a lot of times we start off the show and we, we go through a lot of uh, unfortunate stories and like heavy stuff. I want to start off with some feel good stories that that we have today. Way we're gonna we're gonna change things up. To, today we got news of. Uh, Corey Graves and Carmella announcing that they are expecting a child in November. Uh, I believe they announced this on Good Morning America. And this obviously explains why uh, Carmella was abruptly off television before WrestleMania. She found out in March and wrestled uh, mid-March at the Madison Square Garden house show. That was the last uh, match she did. So obviously it was shortly after that um, that this realization was made. Of course, she had um, the the miscarriage that she shared uh, last year as well. So that's great news for the two of them. Uh, Richard Holiday uh, showed up at the Beyond Wrestling show and announced that his cancer is in remission. And then we also had Gunther, who was off Raw tonight, getting married uh, to, to Ginny. And Nikki Cross has handed in her dissertation for her master's in history, writing her dissertation on women's wrestling. Four, like, wonderful stories, Way, to, to start off our week with. I yeah. This dissertation from Nikki Cross. Had I known this, Certainly. this would have been my my subject uh, that I would have tackled in that interview when we spoke with her. I'd be mm. fascinated to read this. Uh, maybe maybe uh, something you could have um, done yourself if you go back to school at some point write my dissertation on uh women's oh, wrestling yeah perhaps okay. sure sounds not? like something you'd be good at uh i doubt it but uh were you yeah. a good essay writer in school no i always had it in my essays like really late and i'd come up with like a terrible terrible excuses every time but why so i don't think i'd i'd pass um so congratulations to all the people that you mentioned really great news all around it's nice to start off with uh some some good news uh, for, for, for once. Mm-hmm. So, uh, best wishes to everyone involved on Tuesday. It's a very, it's, it's a very big week for AEW Tuesday begins the pre-sale for the Wembley stadium show with all in. So, uh, those that are previous customers of shop AEW and AEW plus subscribers, my understanding is you've received a unique code and there's a two hour window on Tuesday to get tickets. And then the public on sale is later this week on the 5th. 
So my question to you, Wei, is now that we are inching closer, do you have any sort of a rough estimate of not so much number wise, but are you imagining this demand is going to be, listen, I don't think it's going to be poor. So we're looking at good, high, super high, super high being that um, it's going to be an overwhelming number that we're talking about come this weekend or whenever once the uh, first 24 hours or so is in the book. What, what are you sensing for Wembley? What's an overwhelming number? Above overwhelming to me would be, let's say over 60,000 okay. tickets. That to me would be an overwhelming number if a week from now we're looking at like that kind of demand for this show. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing maybe a little under overwhelming, you know, which is what great in under in your scale. What did you say? Say like uh, 45 to 55 in the, yeah. in that range. I yeah. would say if, if they're topping 40, this is a successful show. This is like mm-hmm. a very successful number, I would say, to be aiming for. And I feel this one's going to top 40. Yeah, I think so. Um, it just maybe given what I know about some of these sort of uh, pre-sale registrations and also just the general buzz and maybe just hearing exactly how rabid some of the audience is over there, not just, of course, in the UK, but um, the rest of Europe. And really, even, you know, uh, maybe some people here deciding to, you know, choosing to travel all the way to Europe as an excuse to just, you know, do some vacationing, but also to take in AEW's biggest show, one of the biggest wrestling shows of all time, potentially. So, well, I guess depends how many tickets they sell, right? But um, it's feeling like it's a really big event, uh, and it sounds like it's going to be really hyped, and I'm sure it'll be quite successful at this point so that begins on tuesday we'll be very curious to hear from people like what their experience is if they try to get uh tickets i think it's going to be a, a huge demand for and and these are unique codes as well so they uh they have sent them out and it looks like it's not codes that you can share with with, with people but um nonetheless if you get tickets uh do do let us know what the process is like an interesting story today in Bloomberg. Um, this is kind of stuff that we've been talking about, but this is as it relates to ESPN and the future of ESPN as a cable network and the migration over to ESPN Plus as it's you know going direct to consumer. And this has been a major, major topic. And you have a lot of people watching ESPN given the amount of demand for ESPN and how many how many losses of subscribers does ESPN absorb before they make this full pivot to direct to consumer and essentially get out of the cable business. And this was a big discussion point we had with Pat Craig's last week that here is this unbelievable industry that is cable for ESPN because it is the transmission fees that they are receiving that it's, it's still a $28 billion a year business for ESPN to be in, in the cable business as it currently stands in 2023. Uh, but Jimmy Pitaro said uh, to Bloomberg, we're going to get to a point where we take our entire network, our flagship programming and make it available direct to consumer. That's not a when, not an if, or sorry, that is a when, not an if. We're only going to do it when it makes sense for our business and for our bottom line. And uh, Bob Iger, who had recently returned as the chairman of Disney, called the direct-to-consumer move inevitable, not providing a timeline. So as I mentioned, it's still $28 billion a year that you're generating. But wait, if I was down to $28 billion a year, I'm starting to look at, you know what, how many, how many more billions more could I be blowing by uh, go, going elsewhere? So they have 74 million homes subscribing to ESPN. And remember, it's per home they're getting... Um, a, a great amount uh, per um, cable home for uh, ESPN. But over the last 10 years, they have lost 25 million homes having cable. So that's mm-hmm. what the erosion is that they've 
been facing. And it has been this downward slope. So they are looking at as long as it makes uh, enough revenue before we put all of our eggs into this streaming basket. The issue being that as these streamers have matured, you've seen that this is not going to be as lucrative of a business as as cable is, at least not anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So um, this has not stopped ESPN Plus, though, that lost $400 million last year, uh, which is pennies compared to Peacock, who are losing $705 million a quarter, uh, as they reported last, last week. Um, but they are talking about the idea of when the NBA rights are up, of trying to renegotiate a deal so that they can get NBA games on ESPN+. Plus. So that, that's a big one for them. And they did credit a lot of the early success to ESPN+. Plus. Uh, from the UFC, because when they put their first big UFC event on that, this would have been the Henry Cejudo, TJ Dillashaw fight in January of 2019. They picked up 568,000 subscribers for that. And that's before Conor McGregor first fought on the platform and now has grown there at about 25 million subscribers. Peacock conversely uh, reported last week there at around 22. But interesting way is that 61% of the people that subscribe to ESPN Plus have it as part of the Disney bundle where you can get Disney, Hulu and ESPN Plus as a as a package deal as opposed to 39% that just have ESPN Plus as a standalone and as they have raised the price of ESPN Plus they have not affected the price of the bundle and it's been pretty much in pushing your subscribers to get this bundle so that it, it raises all three of their services, which it, it does make sense, but that's another big part of ESPN plus's success is being tied to Disney plus. Certainly. Yeah. Um, and I guess you can always play around with those sort of things when you're a part of a major corporation and you, you know, own all these things, um, synergy, right. Whatever they want to call it. Um, I, I look at it and I, I wonder what, what the rush is to leave, um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, traditional broadcasting when I you still have a lot of people that I mean, it's not not much different from people that order cable and just get an ESPN might never really watch it, but just they they just happen to have it as part of their package. Um, so and, what's and the people rush? you will lose forever once you make that direct to consumer move like 70. Why does million... it have to be one or the other? Why can't it be a, 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 a slowly migrating hybrid model? Well, I think I think that would be the hope is that like I can and I'm sure many, many people can speak anecdotally to like, if your parents, like, can you imagine your parents, if suddenly they're, you know, my dad right now is following all of the NHL playoffs. There is no way my dad is getting onto a computer to watch hockey games. That will just right. not happen. And you'll just yeah. lose people uh, automatically when you're mm -hmm. still at 74 million homes. I mean, it's, it's shrinking and you can't ignore this trend of where one's going and where the other is going. But the idea of just switching you know, one medium for the other, like that is not going to happen. And this is mm. still an extremely, like, I, I would not be wanting to look at um, cable as something that I'm, you know, aggressively, but for, for years, we had been seeing them almost like pushing people towards streaming. And I think now you're sort of seeing people kind of pump the brakes on that level of thinking, because people are realizing, okay, it's, the grass is not going to be that much greener, like an ESPN plus, what is the ceiling? It's, I don't know if in our lifetime we're going to see ESPN Plus hit a hit like 74 million subscribers if you make the comparison to to cable. Like I don't know about mm -hmm. 74 million people subscribing to ESPN Plus. How does this affect maybe the the prospect of um content creators being able to increase their 
TV rights when well, that, TV is not as lucrative and streaming might not be as, you know, as the paradise that it's been promised to be. Well, that brings us to this other line in in this Bloomberg story is at the same time, ESPN is wrestling to control costs, a dynamic playing out across much of the media landscape. In late April, ESPN laid off dozens of employees, mostly those who work behind the scenes, and the network plans to make costs to make cuts to its roster of on-air talent by the middle of the year. The layoffs uh, are part of Iger's overall push to reduce spending at Disney by, get this, $5.5 billion dollars. It's got to cut that off the bottom line. $5.5 billion of fat you got to find. ESPN also plans to be more selective about acquiring sports rights. So that's an mm-hmm. interesting line as well when it comes to, you know, what is going to be priority, that being the NBA, you would think, and what is what is not going to be priority. And everyone always talks about the sports rights of people getting squeezed out. You know, ESPN is going through this transition, but it's typical that the the, the cuts hit the talent and the behind the scenes people. And it doesn't always hit the, the sports rights that NBA is going to get a massive increase. Um, but w- for instance, like in ESPN, does that affect them, their renegotiations with the UFC, for instance, which is only a couple of years away as, as well. So that's an interesting mm-hmm. one on, on top of it, but yeah, ESPN is going, th- you know, Warner brothers discovery ESPN. They're, they're slashing a lot of costs and it's, when you're not getting the returns on these big, big streaming initiatives at some point, like you do have shareholders to answer to, and then it's cutting costs elsewhere when you've sunk so much in and you're losing 400 million a year, um, this many years into an ESPN plus of the idea, like this will be profitable, but it's not profitable yet. Right. And ultimately, how does that affect the companies that we cover in a WWE and AEW? You know, they they are well performing, um, you know, items that, that are available on the market. But what's the budget that these companies have um, in order to get get into a bidding war? Um, and there are going to be some companies that are going to maybe pay top dollar for it. Um, will it ultimately limit their options or what? I don't know. Yeah, that's. You know, Nikon's idea has always been that it's the, the people that are the, the, the top tier and some would associate WWE as being in that upper tier. It's sort of like the NFL is in its own stratosphere. But then you have, you know, your your NBAs, which I would say is still a, a league above your uh, WWEs and NHLs. Um, but I think WWE, they very much want to be kind of in, in that sort of upper tier where it's it's not everyone's number one among sports, but it's, you know right underneath that that level in terms of what Mm -hmm. it can bring now in AEW, i I look at it in two ways of this new economy for a lot of these television sports rights that might be looking for what are bargain bargain spends for us that can bring great return for minimum cost AEW qualifies for that like if i Mm -hmm. was somebody that had a really tight budget and i cannot afford a smackdown that wants a 2x increase on you know, $205 million a year, but what's something that's not going to bring the same level numbers of SmackDown, but comparable for a fourth of the cost. That to me is where an AEW becomes attractive. If we're getting into a lot of cost cutting and where people still need to produce these numbers, but don't have the budget to bring in the, the a brand that a WWE would represent. Yeah. Attracts a a younger audience or at least for, for a good time. It did. Um, And think of all the IP, John. The IP is the the understated value of of all of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will continue to to follow the future of television. 
But in the present day of television, we have SmackDown numbers going back to Friday, and they had a great number for the draft where they did 2,467,000 viewers and a 0.67 in the demo, up uh, 14 and 24% respectively. And this was a night going against the second night of the NFL draft. They were also going against the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs on top of that. And they were this was their second largest audience of 2023. It was a four-week high in the 18 to 49 number, also a four-week high in the 18 to 34 audience. And if you compare uh, to last year when they were up against the NFL draft, this exact same week last year, I mean, they they dwarfed their number last year in the 18 to 49 demo. Like it was, it was a tape episode last year on this week, and it was under a 0.4 that they did. This year was a 0.67, so it was very successful. In fact, year over year, April of last year versus this year, they're up 24% in 18 to 49. So that's shows you where the the level of post WrestleMania interest is this year compared to last on the SmackDown end, but a, a very, very good number. Um, not so much in Canada because they got bumped to OLN. So they were, uh, they were low 58,000 viewers uh, in Canada and then did uh, 37,000 in a replay at midnight on Sportsnet 360. So people listened to rewind to SmackDown. Then they flipped on Sportsnet 360 for the replay. We were the, we were the leader for the replay. It, sure. it had to You're welcome. Rampage on Friday at the new time slot of 6.30 p.m. after they promoted 5.30 throughout the week and then Thursday found out, nope, you're going to go on at 6.30. They were down uh, to 298,000 viewers, a .09 in the demo. So compared to the week prior, which is not the cleanest comparison because we're talking about a Saturday night show that they aired in the week prior, but they were down 20% in viewers, down 25% in 18 to 49 and Maybe this is why the firm deletion is just being thrown out next week because they might not know when they're going to be back at their normal time. They will be on this Friday at 5.30. The next week, they're going to be on Saturday night at 10 p.m. So God knows when they're returning to Friday nights at 10. But the NHL playoffs are just throwing Rampage to every time slot but their normal one. And it's it's a chore just to keep up when this show is on. And it would seem that this had a much larger impact on male viewership uh, than it did female viewership um, because women either stayed steady from the Saturday show or were up and men were down a a big number um, in 18 to 49 and, and 12 to 34, like big drops from that Saturday show. But women found this show on Friday. All right. Looking out for uh, Cash Wheeler and Jay Lethal and um, the heart. Did you watch the setup for the firm deletion? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. That was quite the uh, the scene with uh, Isaiah Cassidy. Awful. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Terry No territory. They, they might they might have been banking on people not watching at six thirty on a Friday. Um, despite that, though, I I am looking forward to the firm deletion, especially um, learning that um, Gene Carlo Detamo yes. from GCW was going to be like was the one that was filming it. Um, that is almost as big of a draw to me as you know having any of the the wrestlers involved. Of course, like he's the guy who's been responsible for um, uh, the GCW creative. Um, I believe like the uh, what's that? What's 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 the um, Tom? Uh, what's his, what's his name? The wrestler who versus Bret Hart that tape. Tom. Tom. McGee? Tom McGee, yeah, the Tom McGee documentary, among other things, on the WWE Network. So uh, it's his version of the, the 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 final deletion series. So I'm very much looking forward to it for that reason. 
Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when we talked about it Friday that I, I don't know how well this is going to do Friday at 530, but I think this will have a lot of life online after after the fact. Like, I think everyone's going to seek this one out to see, yeah, like John Carlos, like contributions and, and AEW doing one of these as well. Um, mm-hmm. This is more outside the usual AEW presentation as well that people are going to be interested in. So that's uh, the latest there. Wednesday, New Japan has their wrestling Dontaku card. And we have a new edition of Post Pro Res up on the site with myself and WH Park going through uh, this card and many other uh, stories that are happening. But the headliner is Sonata defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Hiromu Takahashi. Is this uh, among the better uh, graphics of the year? This, this thing looks pristine. It's very nice. I think New Japan always does great work. This is very, very nice look here. Mm-hmm. I don't see Hiromu winning this, but as as WH and I were, were discussing, I really like the idea of these two having a like an excellent match, which I think you would assume they have. And this is sort of the entryway to get Hiromu into the G1, competing here, going, taking the heavyweight champion to the limit before losing. You really think this year that they'll have Hiromu join the G1? I'm going to say it, and then it won't happen, but I'm going to keep my options open. That it Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know. I think they have a lot of people that, that are probably going to be, you know, wanting to be slotted into the G1, not just from New Japan, but also from other companies. And does that leave room for somebody who's already doing best of the Super Juniors? Well, we will see. Um, he is headlining this show. It's a, it's a big spot for Sonata and Hiromu at a Fukuoka International Center. Other matches include Tamatonga and David Finley for the never open weight title. That could definitely be a title change. Never open weight six man Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Ren Narita against Okada, Tanahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii, which is a quite the quite the star studded never open weight title match. Zack Saber Jr. and Jeff Cobb for the television title. Strong open weight title match between Kenta and Hikuleo, and then uh, a bunch of multi man tags uh, underneath that will uh, make up the rest of this card. So that is early Wednesday morning at four thirty a.m. hours before the WWE investors call to reveal their their what a one two earnings what a perfect combination dude i'm, I'm getting up at like 5 30 on a, <laughs> on wednesday to start all this it's going to be a very long day so um karen peterson and bruce lord will be doing a review of wrestling dontaku for post wrestling cafe members uh, later in the day on wednesday uh, so you can check that out postwrestlingcafe.com uh, with the the tandem that is karen and bruce that have mm-hmm. just been uh receiving rave reviews Great reviews for those two. Yeah, as, as well as, uh, you know, everybody contributing to the site. Um, So uh, WH and John did, of course, a preview of Dontaku tonight at, uh, on the post, post-progress show. Um, So, yeah, go check all that out. Yes. We also uh, mentioned the fact that at Demand Lucha, the next Demand Lucha show, they have announced El Gil Del Vikingo versus Gringo Loco versus Speedball Mike Bailey versus Jack Cartwheel for that card. It's a pretty crazy match. Wow. Way has said he will come to a Demand Lucha show sometime this year. Yeah, of, of course. Absolutely. It's hard to schedule these things, but I understand. Sure. Um, last thing before we wrap up is uh, the next two nights of uh, of television. NXT. This is going to be an interesting one. Elba Fire and Isla Dawn or Isla or Isla, <laughs> however you want to pronounce her name. Uh, if you are on uh, the WWE broadcast team. They are defending their women's tag titles against now part of the raw roster, Katana, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Could you see another team inserted into this match, making it a three-way? Like they've got to get Dude. the belts off of all of these teams. 
I have no idea, like why. And, and do you think they match? knew Chance and Carter were being drafted when they made this match? Last I, week? I mean, honestly, John, it's a great question. At this point, I don't think you you should add anybody else. I think one of them should leave with the championship, and then you book your way out of it because it just feels so just sloppy. There's nothing to stop them from having the champions come back at Battleground to lose the belts, and they have a month where they're going back and forth. Part of me almost wonders if, like, they like would this be an opportunity to split the women's tag team championships and Raw gets one and SmackDown gets one? But they don't have nearly enough tag teams to justify a Raw version and a SmackDown version of those tag team titles. So. Well, tonight, tonight you had a uh, Bailey stating we're going to be the next women's tag champions, except they're on SmackDown and the belts are on Raw. So you do have a problem now with like damage the, control. What are what are they fighting for on SmackDown? Oh, well, I guess they never really explain like are the champions able to go freely across. They both drafted fans. the champions to Raw, so I'm assuming they can't go back. Yeah, but forth. they also drafted Owens and Zayn. They hold the SmackDown cha- championships. Um, and I, I mean, they, they this- certainly did, they never said that they can go back and forth. Well, they said well, only they, one person can do what he wants, and that's Brock. Brock can go back and forth. Right. Brock well, is above everyone. They should have probably been a bit more clear about that. But in the past, like champions have been drafted that have been able to go, you know, across brands. It just means once they they lose the championships, they belong to that brand. But that kind of defeats the purpose of Roman having his belt. Like what? Roman can go back and forth. Well, Roman now has a brand specific brand though, a belt. Which is the, the the universal undisputed? No, he has two. Heavyweight. He has two. Right. Those both those both of those belts are now a part of SmackDown. Okay. It's very easy. Very simple. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, the rest of NXT has Wesley against Drew Gulak for the North American title. Gigi Dolan against J.C. Jane, where Gigi's baby brother will be ringside. Who's 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 going to play the baby brother? Uh-huh. And how 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 much of a baby is this brother going to be? She kept saying my baby brother, but this was years ago that she left the house. It's got to be like a really big guy. Like who's the biggest guy? On, on, like Davacato is her baby brother, maybe. Okay, sure. Da- Daba Dolan. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. I'm excited. I mean, I guess the, but not, neither of them are moving, so it can't be a blow off. No. Um, Dragon Lee and JD McDonough, though, could be because JD McDonough is going to Raw. Mm-hmm. Axiom against Scripps. Uh, Joe Gacy against Joe Coffey. So if Gacy wins, the Dyad never get another tag title shot until their contracts are up on October 14th. And if Joe Coffey wins, then the Dyad get, or sorry, if, yeah, if Joe Coffey wins, then the Dyad do not get the title <laughs> shot. Gacy wins, they do get the title shot. Yes. I'm trying sure. to keep this straight. Okay. Yes. That's right. And Danny Palmer's in action way. Ooh, uh, great. Awesome. Hey, uh, so this is actually a pretty big NXT. You know, a lot of people are going to be having their last um, NXT uh, appearances. And that, of course, includes a lot of the other draft picks that were just announced, including Grayson Waller, uh, including Indus Shear, including Odyssey Jones. So I'm surprised that they would draft Grayson Waller on the post show. Yeah, me too. So where, where are all these people going? Uh, so Grayson, so this is according to John Cena in the chat room. Grayson Waller to SmackDown, Jinder Mahal along with Indus Sheer to Raw, Odyssey Jones to Raw, and that's all of the the other Odyssey the Jones. NXT wow, guys, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll look up. I'll, I mean, we'll go through the show, and then maybe at the end we'll talk about all the supplemental sure. drafts as well. And then uh, just quickly, Dynamite, and then we'll get to Raw. Uh, MJF and Sammy Guevara against Jack Perry and Darby Allen. That should theoretically set up the Double or Nothing main event. Detress de Mayo. Trios Battle Royal, Soraya against Willow Nightingale, 
Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Orange Cassidy, and Bandito against Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Menard, and Parker. Juice Robinson against Ricky Starks, and the Elite will appear on the show in Baltimore on Wednesday night. Okay, to get everyone caught up to speed on the supplemental draft over the weekend, uh, SmackDown got Hit Row and Lacey Evans. Raw got the Viking Raiders and Valhalla, Dexter Loomis, Candice LeRae, Maximum Male Models, Natalia, Apollo Crews, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, uh, Zoe Stark, and JD McDonough. And our free agents are Omos, Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, and Von Wagner, I guess with Brock as well. So these are the most powerful people coming out of the draft um, here on the screen. And uh, Scott Stanford's uh, look says it all. I didn't know free agency was uh, was an option. Now, was it an option, or were they just simply not picked? Um, what? What? How, how did? Well, how the did story was that uh, Brock and MVP negotiated the free agency for their sides, okay. and uh, conventional wisdom states the other three were forgotten about and yeah. undrafted. It's. It, it, I mean, I. I I think it's kind of interesting because I don't know if there's reason for any of them to not have a side other than just they simply don't know what to do with any of them. From a logic standpoint, Von Wagner makes no sense. Like he's been called up to not be drafted. (laughs) It's like no one wants him, but he's been called up by who? Like, how is he a free agent as opposed to uh, Wesley? Right. Like, why couldn't anybody from NXT declare free agency? Like they're all technically... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. And like. I guess what, what's what's Ali and Ziggler's story? Like, hey, like, you, you know, there's a huge bidding war over the both of them. They, they they just can't choose. They don't like any of the offers. They're just, you know, testing the waters. Did did Johnny Gargano get uh, drafted tonight? Um, Did he on the. He didn't get drafted during the show. Let me just see. Did he get drafted during the supplemental draft? Let's see here. his name never came up. All right. So this this comes to us from uh, John Cena. Okay. John Cena, the man who seems to be uh, ahead of everything. Uh, Johnny Gargano to Raw. Okay. Yeah. So that was, on Raw. was that on the supplemental draft? Supplemental draft, yeah. Wow. Okay. So there, there you have it. So at Listen, least – They have their people that they want to feature on the show itself. And unfortunately, Gargano doesn't make the cut. And it kind of sucks for anybody in this supplemental draft. You know, I, I look at an Apollo Crews who, I mean, was really just supposed to go to NXT, what, to refresh in his character, kind of ended up coming back like less of a bigger deal. You know, he did. It's he okay. Did, he, he saw this coming. He had that vision. <laughs> I guess so. Sure. They do have the all of the way is now on Raw. Yes. Yes. As, as I think we expected. So tonight's edition kicked off with Paul Levesque coming out. This was a sold-out show at the Dickies Arena, 10,405, and it w- it was a pretty hot crowd that all came to hate Dominic Mysterio. And Triple H mentions it's sold out, and he brings up Roman Reigns, who is soundly booed, and explains that because he got drafted to SmackDown, the World Heavyweight title is exclusive to Raw. And then explains that Brock Lesnar is not eligible to be drafted. He renegotiated his status as a free agent, earlier today right okay well good for him yes and paul levesque was so caught off guard by this that he said the rosters go into effect monday march the 8th so we have a we have 10 months to let these draft picks (laughs) simmer and then they go into effect a month out from wrestlemania next year right i mean they're booking the hedge that's nice 
So the first round, Rhea Ripley is the first draft. So the SmackDown Women's Champion is drafted to Raw. Did you notice Bianca Belair was back to being the Raw Women's Champion tonight after being the, named the SmackDown Women's Champion on Friday? Uh, well, I mean, she is the SmackDown Champion. Um, I guess. Um, it, I'm it, saying Bianca, the, though. Right, right. Um, it, it, okay, don't, don't, don't make me explain this, John. You, you know the reason. Austin Theory drafted the SmackDown with the U.S. title. So you have Theory and Lashley on SmackDown and Bronson Reed on Raw going into Backlash. So yeah. uh, that is that. Seth Rollins drafted to Raw and Charlotte Flair drafted to SmackDown. Yeah, I wouldn't say there were any real surprises um, coming out of this first round. Um, it, you know, Brands getting the remaining championships and then the, the, uh, the biggest stars, I think they'll... In kayfabe, I would say the the ranking makes sense. You'd want all the championships on your show, um, except I they suppose draft, to me. Well, Seth wanna... Rollins and Charlotte Flair clearly take precedent over any of the tag team championships, and um, I I think that's I, I other than, yeah. Does that make sense? You get two people if you and the tag titles like that. To me, would be the the pick versus Charlotte, who's like on hiatus. I, I really do feel like these tag tag titles both of the set, set sets of tag titles are probably able to, to cross um either brand for now and for that reason maybe not as much incentive okay to draft well, th- them. Th- this is this is all speculation they can change these rules whenever they want and when they yeah. need them on a show they will put them on the show Heyman comes out and he states that the fate of the usos will be determined tonight in the draft they failed to win the titles on friday and they will be spoken about that privately later and then he goes to mention that a week from Friday, Reigns will be back on SmackDown. And it looked like he just blanked on where the city was, but they will be in Knoxville. And asks if the new title would look relevant around Reigns' waist. And he can hold three titles. But he says Reigns cannot be on Raw. And that all the children in the locker room uh, can celebrate uh, that Reigns is not around. So Rollins comes out explaining that Roman doesn't have to run away from him anymore since they're on separate brands and Heyman doesn't have to pull strings to prevent Rollins from getting another title shot. And he's going to win the title at night of champions and asks Texas how fast he could stomp Heyman. And as he gets into his face, out comes Solo Sokoa and a match is made for later tonight that Rollins agrees to. Yeah. I found it uh, very interesting, the tease of uh, Roman possibly going for this third championship as well, which I think would be hilarious. You know, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to do some sort of like champion versus champion match, hopefully quite a while from now. Um, I think that's sort of inevitable. Um, now, could Roman actually win all three championships? Sure, they, why not? They can why don't create, you create six titles? They can create a fourth them all. one. Yeah. Why don't you make them like the ultimate <laughs> dragon of this era? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, it would be a fun, funny visual, I suppose. And maybe it is, you know, long-term build for Roman versus whoever the champion is. Maybe it'll be Cody on this end. Um, but hey, probably happening eventually. Cody arrived earlier in the day and Adam Pierce asks him to not let this show devolve into chaos tonight. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez against Bailey and Dakota Kai. This is a non-title match. So again, damage control have all been drafted to SmackDown. And at this point, Morgan and Rodriguez have not been uh, drafted at this point in the show. So there's a hot tag to Raquel. She hits Kai with fallaway slams, the twisting elbow. And then Liv is on the shoulders of Raquel, but Bailey pulls Raquel from her leg. So Liv comes off the shoulders and lands on the knee of Kai. This looked very awkward. And then Kai hit the chiropractor to Liv. 
And Liv comes back, hits the oblivion onto Kai, but Bailey is legal. Liv does not realize this and is left to take the sunset flip cover. Bailey pins Liv Morgan in eight minutes and five seconds, setting up a title match where I guess if your theory is correct, way that these champions will magically go from show to show, then this makes sense to build to a match. But if not, yeah. then I don't know where this goes. Again, like these, the women's tag team titles have always been the ones to to go back and forth. So I I wouldn't think any differently. It's and also because I they just don't have enough tag teams really to fill this division if you're strictly sticking to one brand. Um, I thought the match was was fine, but it's it's really hard to get excited about just going back to damage control for another title shot. I I understand this is a different damage control with Bailey and kai this time around but nonetheless like the stories and the personalities attached to the scene feel very stale and it just kind of feels like we're just waiting and, and just you know taking our time before going to Shayna and, and ronda yeah and the story seems to be more of eo sky breaking away from these two that these are the two that are holding her back and that's sort of your backdrop for sunday or saturday's title match Lesnar arrived earlier in the day and Pierce asks him to keep the peace tonight and Lesnar just laughs him off. Here to make our next picks are Booker T and Charmel. And they announced that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to Raw. The Usos to SmackDown. The Judgment Day, which is Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic to Raw. So they are keeping all of them together with Rhea Ripley drafted earlier in the show. And then the LWO, this is five picks you get. Like how many people, like if the NWO in WCW was in a draft, could you draft like 20 people if they were all aligned? And I mean, if, if they filled the, the proper paperwork to be drafted together, then like this, sure. this is your money ball pick. You get five people here with their merch numbers. I don't know. Spectrum. I don't necessarily know though. Cause I, I, okay. In my, in my head, if we're talking kayfabe here, I mean, every single one of these people is a different salary do- amount. Okay. You're, you're paying for these five members of the LWO. Do you want that bloat on your roster? I don't know. Maybe they come as a package deal. Like, do you get, do you get that all would, their merch money? I mean, that I, that would suck for this, you know, um, Joaquin Wild. How much of a cut do you think he's getting from this LWO? You, it's not going to be like, you know, a fifth for every single one of these, one of them. I, I'm sure the WWE has figured you out. You think he's make? It. You think Joaquin Wild is making as much as Rey Mysterio? Depends if he's, uh, you know, if he if he trademarked that original ROH logo and is getting paid in perpetuity for mm-hmm. for that logo. He's probably not. No. Okay. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Braun Strowman and Ricochet against Chad Gable and Otis with Maxine in their corner. And dude, this was like an Attitude Era match where they had to just cram everything into two and a half minutes. 
Gable and Ricochet have a strong start with a chaos theory by Gable. Strowman and Otis do their big man spots together, including Braun scoop slamming Otis. And then Ricochet comes off the shoulders with a swan dive, pinning uh, Otis in 229. I just, they raced through this thing. They did the move that Raquel and Liv were trying to do. That's right. You had the the two, the the monsters and their human weapons, Ricochet and Liv Morgan. Really big reaction for this uh, Braun Otis showdown of the two big men here in Texas. And um, I don't know if this was meant to like build anything up or just to give Braun and Ricochet a win ahead of them being drafted because um, they lost on Friday. So I don't know if they're necessarily building to anything. They explained that this probably made a last minute impression on the war room. Right. We saw them drafted. Win. Uh, we had a. They teed up the San Juan street fight between Damian Priest and Bad Bunny that Corey Graves said was the island made famous by the brutality by Carlos Colon and Abdullah the Butcher. Our next presenters are Shawn Michaels and Adam Pierce. And one thing was pretty clear that when it came to these presenters, there were plenty of, uh, hey, can you do Monday as well? (laughs) Of just uh, like an RVD to me is someone like, when you got to bring him back a second time, like are, are there that, that many few options that you have to just have some fresh people on both shows? Listen, it, it, hey, man, they just sold or at least like, they, they, they you know, they're, they're business with a, a bigger company. They're trying to cut their dollars and these plane tickets are expensive. Yeah. They were like, can you can you go co-terminus on SmackDown and Raw for us? Sure, dude. Yeah, that's probably what he said. So as Sean and Adam Pierce are out, they are interrupted by Brock Lesnar, who comes out before they can make any picks and Lesnar just walks past Pierce and ignores him and asks Fort Worth. How does it feel to look at the only real cowboy in this state? They were pissed at this guy. So Pierce sends down security explaining not tonight. You cannot mess up the draft, this, this important draft. And so all this security comes out and then Cody's music plays, but Cody jumps him from behind coming out from the, from the crowd and security pulls Cody away. And Lesnar gets a uh, dinged here in the middle of this. There was like a trickle of blood on his nose. I actually thought this was like a pretty good segment to build this up and sets up the match on Saturday that for the limited involvement that they've had, like this has been promoted very well. And I like this segment. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, pretty by the numbers, um, just a big pull apart with Cody fighting off security guards. Maybe the best thing to come out of it was that little bit of blood that was probably unintentional. And Cody ended up using it in his promo later on. Yeah. And the game is now for television appearances. How little does Brock need to do in these segments? This he actually said words and so that was uh, that was something. I mean, that's, you know, tends to be (laughs) he's better when he's doing less. Is he not? I I think he has his work cut out for him, though, in this match. Like, this is not going to be a six, seven minute Brock Lesnar match. Like, this has to be a real match on on Saturday. Right, right. Well, yeah, we'll see. I think a lot of it's up to Cody. The third round, uh, it's just Sean. Pierce is trying to get rid of uh, Brock Lesnar. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez are drafted to Raw with the tag titles. Asuka is drafted to SmackDown. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods to Raw and the Brawling Brutes to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So this means um, Drew and Sheamus are split up. Correct. Um, uh, their, their deals are not coterminous. No. Or maybe no. it is. I don't know what, what the They've term really means. They've been coterminated. 
I, I really don't think any of these drafts mean a whole lot for the tag teams again, because I believe the, the belts are, are are free to move back and forth. But um I thought they, they should. Would. I mean it's it, it would be wise for these shows to have that that flexibility to yeah. I mean ultimately they do. They can put whoever they want on any show, but they should have that with the titles. Curious what they do with Asuka, because like um I believe like Isla Don does the Miss gimmick as well. So maybe there's p- potential with the you know both of them on SmackDown doing something with um, creating some other factions, perhaps, you know, with some of the women now. Uh, no NXT Cops is part of this round, which I thought they were going to do with Sean, but maybe he was on Raw Talk or something. Riddle is hanging out with Owens and Zayn, stating that since they're drafted to Raw, we can hang out all the time. And Kevin Owens is overjoyed by this notion. Matt Riddle takes on Jimmy Uso, and Owens and Zayn are in the corner, as is Jay on the opposite side, and Owens fakes an attack where he goes down on the floor. Zane hits the table with a chair and the referee turns around and Jay is, is holding the chair that Zane is throwing to him. So Jay gets ejected. It was a pretty clever take on the, the usual Guerrero spot. Riddle gets, I mean, is it though? Like why, why would the ref care if the guy who was not in the match got attacked? It's a pop. It's a pop. That's it. All right, fine. The ejection is like the easiest pop in wrestling. So, Riddle gets shoved off the turnbuckle, and Jimmy super kicks Owens on the floor. Jimmy then takes the turnbuckle pad off, but Zayn distracts as Owens rams Jimmy into the exposed buckle and sets up the floating bro. So Riddle gets a rare victory in 742, beating Jimmy Uso. Yeah, like it was a rare victory, but they really like did everything here to justify Riddle pinning Jimmy Uso, okay? Like they're pre- very protective of these Usos, and... I mean, they had a three-on-one advantage here for the baby faces. Um, they had Zane essentially distract in order for Owens to <laughs> like slam Jimmy's head into the turnbuckle for Riddle to win. So this is babyface psychology in 2023. Here yeah. it worked fine. You know, they had like it was kind of justified with like you know Jimmy instigating a lot of this cheating himself. Um, yeah, I but, mean, but the went... story as well is that Jimmy Uso was left on his own here. He got no right. backup from, well, Jay was thrown out and then it was the big, um, mystery was why wasn't solo out there with them that they would address backstage as Heyman is telling Sokoa to take out Rollins tonight. And Jimmy enters asking why his brother wasn't there. And Heyman explains that it was per the orders of Roman Reigns because Sokoa is concentrated on his assignment tonight against Seth Rollins. And they left Jimmy on his own and and all of the bloodline, by the way, all on SmackDown. So mm-hmm. continuing that story, which you kind of need to as you're going to continue this tension with Roman, with the Usos and Roman's return to television, you know, next Friday, a week from yeah. Friday. And again, if the tag team titles can travel, then it doesn't necessarily write Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens off from SmackDown either. Then we had Eric Bischoff and Rob Van Dam. What a pairing this was. Uh, Pretty good reaction for Van Dam in Fort Worth. Yeah, always. So Trish Stratus is going to Raw. Karrion Cross to SmackDown. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler to Raw. And LA Knight to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I feel like they they gave LA Knight sort of like the profiled like final spot here. here. And um, you had Graves acknowledge on commentary that his popularity has been growing. So I... I think they might be, you know, certainly catching on and maybe considering starting like sowing the seeds of like a babyface turn for LA Knight. But, you know, just the fact that he was even one of the featured drafted numbers here and not a part of the supplemental draft, I think tells you that they they see a lot in, in him and we're likely to get something a bit more. I mean, they're also seemingly I've, like 
pretty high up on Karrion Cross as well, which kind of surprises me, but there you go. Uh, and then Ronda Rousey, of course, number 15 on, on a night two. So like a pretty throwaway, um, you know, pairing that we're, we're talking about, like a group of Karrion Cross and LA Knight mixed with Ronda Rousey. I mean, does that not tell you everything right there? Yeah. About Ronda, you mean? Yes. Yeah, totally. No, her stock has fallen considerably. Absolutely. Ms. TV featuring Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Ms. asks if Nakamura has a chance to win the title. And Nakamura is just sitting there and says, hi. And Ms. just played it off pretty well, saying, we've already done our introductions. And obviously, you don't want to answer this question. And says how... Triple H wanted a working horse champion. He was obviously talking about me because I do all the media. I do all the junkets. And Nakamura, you would be a great number two with me. We could help each other. We could have a merger. Ms. K Nakamura. And then Nakamura says, Chisai Kintama. And he starts stating this over and over again. And Ms. starts chanting it. But then when it's translated... It means the guy with tiny balls and the crowd chants tiny balls and Miz tries to attack him, but gets laid out with the Kinshasa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no one better at being the Miz than the Miz. I'm going to say. Yeah. 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 No. um, Hey man, this, this ball stuff is, um, I guess, effective for their audience. A lot of people seem to really like it. And uh, yeah. Not for a great me. start on Raw for, for Shinsuke Nakamura. Brand new uh, coat of paint. Omos takes on Anthony Alanis, which allowed Corey Graves to make a bunch of Alanis Morissette jokes. And Omos killed this guy in 49 seconds with a tree slam. But the bigger news was this, this go-home angle for Rollins and Omos was awesome. Because I, I thought that the involvement of Rollins when he came out here and did this promo about how important this match is, what it means for his standing that Omos is representative of how he has had this adversity staring over him like a seven foot giant and beating and chopping down Omos is like chopping down all the critics that have counted out Rollins. So this win is going to be one that represents my new life on raw with a championship to put my focuses behind. Now that there is no Roman reigns to to freeze me out of this championship. So Omos is my last obstacle and you're going to fall just like everyone will at night of champions one month later. So it's great. Did you get like an, um, like an international special feed or something? I, I dozed out uh, during this part and I imagined huh. what uh, a segment involving these two are, who are apparently having a match on Saturday, what it would encompass. Instead, we got no interaction between Omos and Rollins. What we had was last week of Rollins saying, I'm going to get a good match out of you at tune in on Saturday. I have no idea why these two are having a match. It's like (laughs) this tourism board said, listen, make your match. We want bad bunny and stuff. We want Omos and Rollins on this card, just in any (laughs) form or fashion. We just want them there. You don't even have to promote it. Just put them on the card. I totally forgot that this was happening. I don't, did they even mention it while Omos was there? I don't even know if they mentioned it maybe in passing, they mentioned that they're facing off this Saturday, but yeah. it was as cold a go home. Like there, there was nothing to it. You can't even judge anything. There was no, you could have watched this and you would have no idea they're facing off on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. Road dog and Molly Holly come out for the fifth round. So Braun Strowman and Ricochet go to raw Shotzi to SmackDown 
Bronson Reed to Raw and Pretty Deadly are alive and they are going to SmackDown and we get confirmation that they uh, pulled themselves out of the river and they were at the Performance Center um, reacting to their drafting. So mm-hmm. that's that's good. What the people that put them into the river sitting next to them? You know what? Let bygones be bygones. Okay. Haven't, sure. haven't you ever drowned somebody? Um, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh <laughs> happy for them i I think they're they're a very complete tag team for the moment they hit nxt and i think they will actually be very popular here on the main roster in in quick fashion so um fashion uh, no pun intended i guess um you know uh, i i kind of look at them as maybe like a counterpart to the maximum male models they'll be on smackdown so um probably like you know their version of like the comedy tag team but they're a team that i can actually see winning the championships from owens and zane no no okay Maybe not yet, not in the immediate. No, if they split the titles and these titles mean less, <laughs> they'll be in the running. Sure, the judgment day come out and they put over Ripley being the first pick, and she's got the SmackDown women's title. And they run raw and they go over the matches that Priest and Rhea have at Backlash. And then Priest screams at Bad Bunny in Spanish. And he's going to receive his punishment at Backlash. Then Dominic gets the mic, and this crowd just obliterated him with booze it was an awesome atmosphere for this whole promo and uh, dominic was just working his way through it but you could tell like milking it at the same time and finally says how priest and Rhea will dominate at backlash and they just want no part of this and states with the lwo drafted to smackdown tonight will be the last night he gets to embarrass his dad and his loser friends before they go run and hide on friday nights so Hefe comes out with Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega and says, no one is running or hiding. We were selected to SmackDown and Ray explains how the draft works. And then says, if Dominic thought being whipped by his belt at WrestleMania was bad next time, you're going to feel La Chancla. Mm-hmm. The Chanclas are going to be know. brought out. I, I mean, LWO Chanclas, you know, who wouldn't buy a pair of those? Come on. I I think that just anything that they can put the LWO logo on now, they're going to be doing. Ooh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Brandon from New Jersey was pretty happy about this line. I bet so. He was probably asleep, but um, I'm sure when he watches this, he'll he'll get a chuckle. And Ray can't wait for Zelina Vega to leave Puerto Rico with the SmackDown women's title and watch Bad Bunny. Um, it's an interesting match, this Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega one. Like, it's going to be like... Such an incredible atmosphere for Zelina Vega that, um, I mean, maybe that's the trade-off. Is Vega loses, but Bad Bunny wins? Yeah, I don't think Zelina's winning, especially since... I don't, but it, dude, it's going to be such a downer for for that crowd. But we will see how they structure that match, because it's going to be super heated. Yeah, yeah. I could see Bad Bunny taking that one. But, I mean, SmackDown will already have a champion. So, what what is she fighting for here? You know, taking the, the, the Raw belt over to SmackDown for two championships? Well, it'll be the SmackDown belt that she's taking to SmackDown if she wins this one, then right? What does Bianca? Oh, then what? So Bianca, Bianca has to lose. Well, then we have two SmackDown women's champions, and then we can create another uh, women's championship, and we have three women's titles. Well, it's obvious, I guess, isn't it? There's a video for Imperium. weren't on the show, of course. Uh, Gunther off getting uh, married. Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, and Dominic took on Ray Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega. Kevin Patrick just casually mentioned that Damien Priest's aunt taught Bad Bunny in school, that their yeah. families know each other. 
They're from like the, apparently like he said that that they're from the same small town and a lot of the families members know each other. So that that's a connection I didn't know before. Yeah, this is pretty late in the game for us to be learning these these facts about them. Well, maybe he just did some extra research. Maybe maybe they got on um uh, ancestry.com. That was probably it. Yeah. Could be. Who does ancestry cover your teachers? Um, probably not. No, maybe that's the extra tier you got to pay for. Would you ever do one of those? Yeah, I would try it. Sure. I don't know how much I would learn, but I'd be curious. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure you'd learn a whole lot. They could also tell you anything and you'd believe it, wouldn't you? Uh, no, they they usually have proof. I mean, you ever watched Finding Your Roots? No, I've never watched it. I'm sure it's a show. It's great. It's fantastic. Well, Ray is in with Dominic, and then Rhea stops a cover, lifting Ray above her, and then Vega hits her with a 619 into the midsection. Priest then is run into the corner. He's on the ropes, and goes. Uh, Ray goes for the 619, but is tripped by Dominic. So Santos hits Dominic with a dive, and then Rhea drop kicks Santos on the floor. We get a Meteora from Vega, and as Priest lifts up Ray for the razor's edge, he arm drags Damien into the ropes, goes for the 619, and Balor takes the bullet for Damien Priest, eats the 619, allowing Priest to recover and hit Ray with South of Heaven in 8 minutes and 51 seconds. And going into, like... Unless they do some last-minute uh, setup, um, perhaps the LWO involvement on Saturday. I mean, I thought for sure that they would have a match, and maybe they will. Um, but nothing setting that up tonight, although they could easily just snap their fingers and make a tag for that show. But not something they were hinting at here. Yeah, nothing for the pay-per-view. I, I would assume that Ray and the LWO and the rest of the Judgment Day get something on the SmackDown. Let's remember those that's from Puerto Rico as yep. well. So you have 17,000 people there on SmackDown on Friday. Right. And of course, like within the matches themselves, especially the Bad Bunny match, I think it'll heavily rely on the LWO. Um, so, you know, I, maybe not having a, a Rey Mysterio built match on the card is questionable. Um, but at but you're point, right. They could do something on SmackDown. And I'm sure you're going to see Ray on the show on on Saturday, yeah. like for yeah. the street fight, I would think that there would be some involvement there. Yeah. yeah. Even in Texas tonight, I, I thought the action was really good here. And there were really strong crowd reactions to, 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 the, to a lot of these sort of pairings that you got to see in the six man, uh, six intergender man and women match. Um, I thought Rhea was used incredibly well. I think the match with her and Zelina will, will be really, really hot. Um, Zelina, I think still maybe show some, like, it, it's a little awkward maybe seeing, um, Maybe the height difference too, you know, it it, it can be a, a little bit mm, d- difficult, but like the Rana's, you know, look great. And I think the reaction uh, for the match itself from that audience will be tremendous. Same with Bad Bunny versus Priest. Do you see this as a pause on this program with the Judgment Day and the LWO? Like these are mm-hmm. separate shows and it would seem as though this is sort of what we're going to go our separate ways at this point. It looks like it, right? I mean, predominantly we're talking about um, Ray and and Dominic, you mm-hmm. know, probably putting that on hold. I mean, that's a years long feud you could build to, right? So keep them on separate brands, maybe a good thing. You allow Dominic to continue to, you know, flourish without constantly being attached to Ray. Maybe come WrestleMania season, you get the two of them paired together again. When when those uh, borders Father's and- Day in June house call. <laughs> there you go. Like I only want these two to see each other on holidays. Kathy Kelly interviews Cody Rhodes and is asked if Brock is in his head. He says he's been in my head since the night after WrestleMania and what Brock wants, he usually gets, but not at backlash. Unlike Lesnar, I have to win. Lesnar doesn't need to win. 
on Saturday. But if I lose, then finishing the story ceases to exist and it moves me to the back of the line. I don't know. This guy should look at like some of the these numbers that they're doing. I don't think Cody's going to the back of any line. And he refuses to go to the back of the line. Yeah, what would the, what would the back of the line mean? He'd have to be on main event? Come on. Go he back to developmental to... stardust. <laughs> um I like the fact that he, you know, mentioned the the like Brock being human because he saw blood, you know, tonight. I thought that was a, a good, good way to uh, incorporate that. Um, the finishing the story thing, like, what exactly is this? Is the story at this point? Is winning any championship the way that he finishes the story, or is he still after Roman's championship? He has not mentioned that, not talked about that at all. This is like, um, instead of finishing the story, he's starting the spinoff. <laughs> before the season finale before the series finale i should say just yeah yeah this is like uh you know he, he's aiming for fraser uh that's that's the so whole. it doesn't get renewed for the final season and none of the cast know but uh somebody gets a spinoff deal um possible yeah see at first i thought this cody brock feud would be a two show deal where they come back at saudi arabia but you would think that like i i mean i guess they could do that they could. where because Cody should not be, I guess it depends on like what this tournament format's going to be. Are we just getting the finals of this tournament in Saudi Arabia? Are they going right. to do a one night tournament deal? Um, a champion will be crowned in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we just don't know like how. Well, maybe like, Brock will enter it. Brock should be in it. Like yeah. logically to get this over, you should have both. And these guys could take each other out of the yeah. tournament and they come back. Um, and if it is a two match program, then like Brock should win this first one and maybe does win it in like um, like one sided fashion. I think Cody has to win this one. I think this one, this match is like a really glorified version of like a rehab match for a Cody Rhodes, you know, after like how shocking for so many people the and how disappointing the loss was at Mania. Like I would have Cody well, yeah, I, I guess maybe. I think he needs to win the last one. If, if it's a two match sure. one, he can afford the loss if you're doing a rematch. But um, we'll hmm. see. I, I have high hopes for this one. They're also doing a backlash press conference Friday at noon with a bad bunny, Lesnar, Cody, um, tons of people um, that are announced for this. Uh, that will be streaming at noon. Byron Saxton interviews. Now, again, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, who is uh, asked about being drafted to SmackDown and man, really gets over the intensity of this this feud. It doesn't matter what brand I'm on. I have nothing but love for Raw. So come Survivor Series, this this promo will be referenced, I'm sure. Damage Control come in and call themselves the future women's champions. And Belair says, I've always been impressed by Io Sky. I was excited when she came at SummerSlam, but I've seen her attach herself to you two that have done nothing but hold her back. And finally, she has a chance to step out and shine at Backlash Sky responds in Japanese and Belair says she doesn't need it to be translated. Um, I don't think Kathy Kelly was about to translate this. That would be my guess. No, I, th- I think um, Dakota was going to. Oh, okay. Dakota was about to speak. Yeah. Well, she says no need because we understand each other. Well, Duolingo, you know, like, you know, Google Translate. It's it's very easy these days. Um, hey, I thought this was a good segment, you know, especially of the two um, Japanese uh, speaking segments we had tonight. I definitely felt this was a better one. I feel like we finally got to see a bit of that, like, mm, st- like strong uh, competitive personality from Bianca Belair here. And I 
feel like we haven't had that in quite a while, you know, especially in a lot of these other feuds that she's been going through with people who aren't necessarily great promos. Uh, but tonight I thought she herself cut a really good promo. And I wonder if it's any coincidence that um, her segment seemed to have a bit more effort put into it this particular week. Um, possible. Um, hmm. Teddy Long and JBL are out for the final picks. They're back. Otis and Gable are going to raw the meat mountain. Rick Boogs is going to SmackDown. You can tell that um, this this was uh, not the outtake photo. Away from Nakamura. Away from Nakamura. And Elias didn't get drafted either. So Elias was on the uh, supplemental draft. Is he on the supplemental? Where's he going? No, no, from the first supplemental draft. So, And what what show is he on? Oh, man. Dude, there are like fifty okay, people on this roster. Don't, don't Here, let me let me just see this. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, okay, I, I, <laughs> see, I no, let us know. It why do why even ask me? Katana Chance and Caden Carter get drafted to Raw, and then Cameron Grimes, who's been ready forever, uh, gets drafted to SmackDown. He's been off NXT for months at this point, so he gets drafted. And then, um, as Way mentioned, we got more NXT picks. Uh, after Raw, yeah, really uh, great to see uh, the, you know the call ups here and Chance and Carter and Cameron Grimes. Of course, you know we had talked about what what this means for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Did they know that Chance and Carter were also going to be picked when they made that match? Find out, find out, I guess. But Cameron Grimes, why wouldn't they have have had JBL make that announcement? Come on, yeah, I guess I guess you could have done that for um the uh the, 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 Gra- Graves did point out the uh, the similarities between jbl and and grimes character as well uh so elias is a free agent oh as of, man as of today. the bidding can begin now yeah as of for tonight. elias so there you I go don't know. would you be worried if you were a free agent <laughs> i don't know like again in the kayfabe world what does free agency mean you know it means you can are you are you going on like a per date appearance do you have like just sort of a, a term contract where Raw gets you for like two months, and then you got to look for your second contract after that. I would be a little concerned. Well, Xavier Woods cut a promo about being drafted to Raw. Cool. And then Seth Rollins took on Solo Sokoa in the main event. Uh, there was a Samoan drop to Rollins for a two count. He hit the spinning solo for a two count. This was after Rollins hit three consecutive suicide dives. And then Rollins gives him a big slap and asks if Solo is just Roman's little bitch. So he hits him with another spinning solo. He's ground and pounding him, and the referee starts to warn Solo. And Rollins then shoves Sokoa into the post, hits a super kick, rolling elbow, and with that, the Usos run in for the DQ. At 10 minutes and 43 seconds, followed by Owens, Zane, and Riddle, who had about 13 seconds before the show was going to be off the air. So the second they hit the ring, they were fading to black to end the show. They ran right up against the clock. Yeah, something felt like it went really, really long. And I mean, there was this is a pretty dense show with, with a lot packed into it. The match itself... um. Great chemistry between these two, you know. I, I I think Rollins, of course, is fantastic, but Solo seems to pair really well with you know any anybody who's like a bit of a high flyer. Really, he pairs well with everybody. So unfortunate about the ending, but this was just not the point of the match. The, po- the point of the match is just to build towards backlash. Uh, before we maybe get into the supplemental draft, what did you think of the addition of Raw as well as the final build here on Raw for backlash? 
I I think that it, I don't think it was this uh, incredible go home show, but I'm really looking forward to Backlash. I think it's a very good card. The crowd's going to be amazing, and I like the Cody Lesnar segment that they did. Um, the Bad Bunny stuff was more so done last week with Priest, and they've got him on SmackDown Friday, so that will be the big push. And I think having that crowd in Puerto Rico on Friday is going to be a bit of a taste of what you're going to get on Saturday. So overall, like my interest is pretty high for this Backlash card. I think it's a it's a good card from the six man that that they've got with Owen Zane and Riddle against the Usos and Sokoa, Io Sky and Bianca Belair. That's a big match for both of them. I think they've been able to make this Rhea Ripley Zelina Vega match more intriguing. The location mm-hmm. helps a lot, but on if you were to have told people four weeks out that this is the follow up to WrestleMania, it sounds very flat. But they've managed to tell a story, and you know I don't think it's going to be the match of the night, but I think it's going to be one of the more heated matches. I think so, absolutely. I think they've done a great job with the LWO period. You know, just obviously beyond the merchandise, I think it's it's elevated Santos to an extent. It's given Ray something uh, maybe a bit more substantial to do with the Judgment Day. So I I I, I agree that I think my interest is, is pretty good for this edition of Backlash, and that's not because of this edition of Raw. I I don't think they had much. Mm, focus or at least like much to substance I, I should say you know for for the backlash builds a lot of that already took place a week ago this really was just to remind you about the card that was to happen or in the case of Rollins versus Omos not reminding you and um having you just kind of figure it out um on Saturday um and then of course the draft itself so let's get into uh, some of these uh, supplemental draft picks here this one comes to us of course from Raw talk and also from at Sino Evil, the man who always uh, has his finger on the pulse here. Final draft picks. Raw gets Dana Brooke, Johnny Gargano. How how does one brand get so many in this? Like, how I does mean, a supplemental draft it, it, work? It's because it's because Raw has so many people. And, and I, I or, or, sorry, I'm, so I'm trying hours. to like keep it logical with uh, what we've just seen. Okay, so last Dude. year they did the the what is it three to two right ratio yes. for Raw picks, and I think that was always a bit awkward on TV. They just so, even the numbers on the supplement. They're hiding it basically off from a lot from, from like a on like an actual standpoint. This is a lot better. I'm just stating from yeah. the uh, but, but let's let's pull up the list again. So uh, Dana, Dana Brooke, Brooke, Johnny Gargano, part of the supplemental draft. Nikki Cross finished her dissertation, got a supplemental drafted to Raw. Lost the Therios, if you remember, um, they're still around. And are they not from Puerto Rico? Uh, oh, wait, no, they're, the they're, theories, uh, no. they're not. They're not. Okay, well. Uh, so anyway, no involvement from them as far as we know. Uh, Akira Tozawa, Piper Niven, Zia Lee, Tegan Knox, Emma, Riddick Moss, her boyfriend, Odyssey Jones, Indus Sheer, and Jinder Mahal, all to Raw. SmackDown gets Tamina and Grayson Waller. So two for... Um, I, I hope that they I hope they give Grayson Waller several weeks of like vignettes and promos like yeah. that guy is going to do really well if he's given a, f- a fair shot, which if they're drafting him, I think they would. That's, um, you know, that's that's a big gap that they lose in NXT has lost. Ron Breaker was not drafted. So I guess that was the interesting one. And maybe they want him to play this heel role for an extended period. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a significant loss losing Grayson Waller at the NXT level. Like he is, there are people very high on him, but he's ready, you know, and what's the point of NXT, but to get a guy ready. And he clearly is ready. I think interesting that he was part of the supplemental draft and not made a bigger deal out, out of, you know, on the show itself, but um it's never really an indicator of, I think somebody's success. Like if, if I recall, like, wasn't, like, was it Alexa Bliss, you know, ranked very high in her draft? And 
look at what she ended up becoming, right? So, who, who are the free agents that were listed there? All right, so the the big ones here: the free agents: Baron Corbin, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Elias, and Zion Quinn. Dude, Zion Quinn, like, did, like it. It would be very frustrating for an NXT performer when, like, no offense to some of these guys, but when you have Zion Quinn, Von Wagner, and Odyssey Jones that are getting the call up over so many others um like but again it doesn't necessarily mean much again like you mentioned with the braun breaker it means that they probably need braun first of all and they want to see him develop maybe maybe they have higher expectations for a lot of these guys whereas the zion quinn maybe they feel like hey we're not necessarily like a year here is not necessarily going to make him any more ready well it, it makes a difference for some of these performers when you're on the money NXT the money matters versus sure. the main roster yeah. contract i don't think True. they care about the the reasoning behind it um yeah i don't know if if you were a free agent like i i don't know we we haven't um like there there's just some people here that just they're going nowhere and that's sort of where you see things like a shelton and cedric i just I, at this point i i don't really know like same with mustafa ali and adol ziggler are they just looking to have like jobbers that you can put on either show you know, whenever you need somebody to get a, a, an impressive win over somebody else. I'm not really sure about this whole free agency thing. Um, Corbin, I suppose maybe you can use it as part of a story um, of him trying to get a job like the Heath, Heath like Slater thing. done the stories with him at yeah. this point. Um, just some, some observations here. Looking on the raw side, they are very babyface heavy. So listen to this. This is your... Babyface roster. You have Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle, Shinsuke Nakamura. I would say of those, you would have to be looking at at least one person turning. I would say Drew McIntyre would be a candidate for a turn because mm-hmm. on the heel side, you've got Gunther, The Judgment Day, and Bronson Reed as your top heels, which is fine. And you also have Brock kind of floating in and out when you're you're doing a like a big pay-per-view or program. Um, but I, I could certainly see it like that's, that's a very heavy end for the baby faces, but this is sort of your division for creating this, this new championship. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can look forward to some heel turns here. I mean, I think that it's, a, it's great news for JD McDonough who, you know, it, it, it's, it's like a wide open lane there. If there's, if they want to be serious with him to, you know, push him as like a serious heel potentially. Um, I, I would say Gunther is poised to like, they mm-hmm. need, like he is by default, you could argue the throwing out Brock because he's not a, a regular every week. Gunther is your top heel on this show at the moment. Totally, yeah. And I'm sure like you'll see maybe some sort of free agency type of thing with with a Brock Lesnar around from time to time, maybe even an Omos sticking around from time to time as well. So, uh, but I think for Drew, it's time to, to we see a different version of him. Yeah, for for the women on Raw, like obviously Becky Lynch is your top baby face. And then you do have Raquel and Liv Morgan. Those are like your top end ones. On the heel side, there's a lot to work with here. Rhea Ripley has the title. Trish Stratus, who will continue the feud with Becky. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler once Ronda's healthy. And then you have like Zoe Stark coming up. You have Katana Chance and Caden Carter coming up. You have Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Like a ton of heel women um, on that side of things. And Becky can only work with one person at a time. So I would hopefully that they're going to develop some other baby faces, which that could mean that Raquel and Liv being on this show, like they have more than enough teams to be programmed with. If it's with Ronda and Baszler, if it's a, a short thing with Katana Chance and Caden Carter, um, there's quite a bit there on the, on the women's side. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, Indy Hartwell is also on this show as well. So how yeah. maybe her and Candace are going to be paired together. I, I'm not as optimistic about maybe the treatment of the women. Um, just cause I, I just, I haven't been given that much reason to be optimistic. I mean, typically if you're not involved in a feud with Becky, if you're not involved in a feud with, with Bianca, um, there's really not a whole lot for you. And that includes the tag team champion. So until they can maybe prove, you know, otherwise, I, I'm just not going to get that excited. And just a quick look at SmackDown. So on the babyface side, we have Bobby Lashley, Rey Mysterio, Edge, AJ Styles, Santos Escobar as your top end babyfaces. On the heel side, you have the bloodline, Austin Theory, Karrion Cross, Grayson Waller, LA Knight, Sheamus. So, you know, a, a, a decent mix here. How would you state the babyface side looks as it as it pertains to opponents for Roman Reigns with like yeah. Lashley, it, Ray, Edge, AJ as your top ones. I actually feel like they, they found a way to like find some pretty fresh um, opponents here. Inclu- like, I'd be most excited about an AJ Styles um, uh, uh, Roman Reigns match. I think Edge at this point like can feel fresh, especially if you're doing like an Edge, like sort of like last chance at the championship type of story. Um, Bobby Lashley too. You know, of course, they have unfinished business that they'll probably get back to at this point uh and then beyond that who have who do we have austin theory maybe a, li- a bit slim pickings after that but then of course we also have the usos who are currently involved in a story and maybe a jay uso roman reigns matches in the future this year as well in a weird way i do sort of see austin theory and grayson waller competing for the same spot mm-hmm, totally totally i think yeah. that grayson waller like grayson waller can come in here and It'll be interesting to see who he is booked with first. If he's given someone big like a Ray or like where he has to start, because he could very quickly uh, ascend. Of course, there is kind of a limit on the heel side when you're on the bloodline brand. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how how he is in six months from now. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just quickly on the women's side. So the SmackDown has Bianca Belair, Asuka, Zelina Vega and Meechin. The heels, Charlotte Flair, who's out. Damage Control, Elba Fire and Isla Dawn, who, I mean, they could be coming in as heels or baby faces, depending on where, where they go with Shotzi and Lacey Evans. So not the most depth on, on the heel end with, with Charlotte gone. And I would say even with Charlotte in there, it's, it's sort of, um, you know, her and Bel Air is obviously a big match to do down the road. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm yeah. I, I mean, a lot of these matches we've kind of seen, right? Um, Oscar, Charlotte. Uh, I don't know. Depending on if Zelina really gets looks great this Saturday, maybe that's a match you can go to. But I, I think Albafire and Isla Dawn are like, if they, the, again, the lane's wide open for them to really kind of like, you know, get people's attention and to do something with it. Tamina being a part of this draft as well, maybe it means that she'll have something. She's on the same roster as the Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe that would be a way of, of boosting her with that sort of attachment. So, yeah. Hey, can we'll you see. see them trying again with uh, Shotzi and or Lacey Evans, like giving them the latest sure yeah why not you know like look, look at what bianca belair has like gone through at least on tv right um so yeah i think fresh people for her to beat is is always going to be a thing all right that was the 2023 draft this will be a fun list to look back at um six months from now when 
and see what what is your expectation level on how disciplined they are going to be this time around on a scale of one to 10, 10 being we're going to see no cross pollination till WrestleMania next year. That's the first, the big interpromotional match of next WrestleMania. I think that'll be really difficult. Like, so maybe, maybe a a question, a good question would be, okay, how long do they, we're going to see people jump shows. Okay. We're going to see trades. How long until they don't even mention the concept of trading or this sort of like wild card day or whatever. And they just have people like swap back and forth freely. I'm going to say they're going to give it like a good six month try. Okay. I mean, that, that already sounds incredibly optimistic, but what, you know, what does that make, take us to survivor series? Maybe, maybe yeah, I go less than that. I think as soon as uh like it's football season, September. Okay. As soon as Monday night football is coming back, I think that's when they're going to feel the need to uh, jumpstart things. I, think, I really I think... don't care. I think this is still a much stronger uh, company when you don't have this this brand split so i'm not one that's championing like distinct rosters i would like to say see like you know maybe they they formally announce that okay after the rumble the the borders are open anybody can cross you know and that also like in a way creates a, a bit of a playoff season for wwe where like you know like in in major league baseball you get the national league teams mixing with i I haven't watched baseball in years so like do the teams mix no i guess they don't mix until afterwards but anyway it would create maybe some specialness attached to some of these shows where you get to see people jump back and forth but can they be disciplined enough to get all the way to january where that would actually feel special um so yeah no you're you're right to be cynical yeah there were also several Notable names that were not drafted, of course, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, but people that are unavailable or injured, um, mm-hmm. not, not not part of this at all, which I guess doesn't come as too much of a surprise when they, they weren't listed to begin with. Yeah, also on the list, uh, John Cena, thank you again, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Alexa Bliss, Aaliyah, Carmella, of course, uh, Gable Stevenson, Logan Paul, R-Truth, Robert Roode, and Shanky. Yeah, so, well, the majority of those, of those are are injured. Or in the case of Gable Stevenson, I mean, he uh, he got drafted to win the U.S. Open over the weekend. So, I mean, he's right. trying to maybe draft himself back for another or, uh, Olympic mm-hmm. bid. Hey, we have some super chats here from these guys, uh, from all of you listening at YouTube.com slash post wrestling. Let's go first to Rob McDonald, who says the Wednesday news will be way has been drafted to Poison Rana. Davey has been drafted to post. Uh oh. Who told him? We'll have our guest presenters come and uh, announce. It's quite the prediction. All right. Rob also says, Leafs are in second round. Panthers versus Leafs Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. We're we're aware. Thank you. Well aware. Yeah. I heard it from my house. Okay. Like people were shooting fireworks here. And I don't think that was even legal today. Yeah. But, their first uh, Their first playoff win in 19 years. Yeah. Something like that. So how will the second round go? <laughs> As well as uh, this draft sticking until January, I think. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's go to LCT, who sends $5 to say to ask, predictions on the Universal and tag titles. Will the Universal be retired after Roman hits 1,000? How will the tag team titles be split? Will the Universal title be retired after Roman hits 1,000 days? Um, you could. Yeah, um, I have no idea how they want to present it. Maybe a part like it makes no sense now to call this thing an undisputed championship now that there's an extra championship around. So do they want three belts like hovering, you know, in existence? Th- this whole thing is a shambles, you know, to quote uh, 
um the the commentator from from f1 um it just it, it, it whatever like what what looks better okay that's the better question do they want roman to have two championship belts or do they just want one championship belt on, on roman they can do anything i'm sure it's up to the marketing department how will the tag titles be split i don't know if they'll be split i mean I guess you have more incentive to like split the the men's tag team championships because there's more depth on either roster of, of the tag divisions. It, um, it's smart to keep the like the certain titles that are floating belts that allow you then the out to get people onto other shows when you need them and have a storyline reason to do so. Which I'll take over the well, we don't even need a storyline reason to do so. You at least have that as your key to get to the other show and. Right. Owens and Zane being available on both shows makes a lot of sense to to do. Uh, let's go to Matt Hahn, who sends $5 to say, all that teasing with them splitting up tag teams and no one got split up. Also, when could you see them doing a Rollins versus Roman match? Yeah, so on that first point, I think this is a clear sign of you know miscommunication or just lack of foresight with getting the, co- the commentators all week to announce who's going to be split up, what tag teams will be split up, and then just telling us that, oh, by the way, they're all going to be drafted together. Um, I feel like that was like some clear miscommunication where maybe one side didn't know what what they were going to do th- the next week. Um, this it's better this way. Like I I don't like teams being split up for no reason. Um, what do you Remember when they split up the new day? That was a great idea. Remember when they put Big E on? Uh, they, they right. split him. Well, I mean that that paved the way for him to win the championship. And then they put them all back together. I think they were probably wanting to create like a big reunion. And yeah, maybe. Do you remember the reunion? <laughs> no, not at all. No. Uh, could you see them doing a Rollins versus Roman match? At some point, sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see them doing it imminently. Yeah, I don't see it either. Um, I, I, I just don't. The immediate, see Roman. In the immediate, you need a Saudi Arabia opponent for or a program for Roman. Sure, right. And I think you need to do a singles match with Roman in Saudi Arabia. Any uh, guesses? Any picks? Who do you? Who would you say? Could be AJ. It could be. I mean, you can you can look at the the list like a Lashley and AJ. Like those are some of your options. Omos. Um, is Omos on SmackDown? He's a free, no, he's agent. A free agent. So yeah, he could Omos and Roman. Sure. So that means Omos would have to kill beat, Seth beat Rollins. Rollins. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for a Saudi Arabia show, I I don't know. I think anything goes, right? Like. Um, they did Logan Paul. They could do Bad Bunny. They I mean, they do, had uh, the Undertaker. Or they had Goldberg. You know, concussed. They had. <laughs> it's like, I I wouldn't be that surprised. Like if if they went. If that Shane route. McMahon had been healthy. Maybe he could have done it. Maybe that would. That's what the build was going to be. Snoop Dogg versus Roman Reigns. All possible. Uh, one more here. Jake from the Windy City says, "I I see the brand feud back for Survivor Series." Okay. I don't know. I just uh, that doesn't seem like a Paul Paul Lebeck like thing, right? Like especially if, not like, be a War Paul Lebeck thing. That that's that's a very good point too. But does War Games return? Again, I I I I don't think you have um the the idea that this is all um just strictly Paul Lebeck at this point. So I would say, yeah, it worked last year. You would think that you would lean into things that worked. War Games certainly worked in in Boston last year, but. I mean, for, for years, that was there was one person that did not want war games and you got the brand versus brand every year at the Survivor Series. So that that's one. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. It certainly <laughs> could be coming back. Let's go. We have a 
mug in here who says the few things I liked about this year's draft are as followed. Pretty deadly. Chance and Carter, Grimes, Indy, Elba and Isla Dawn all making the jump to the main roster and they all deserve to get a bigger spotlight. However, if Rhea and Bianca trade titles, it'll tell me that nobody's learned a thing from that fiasco. Other than that, it was a solid go home. I'm getting a little sick of the Uso X Machina. 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 Yeah. I guess just like um, them coming in and causing the DQ. Um, I think they're going to just do the title trade. And <laughs> I know a lot of people... Are- they don't have to do some elaborate swap. They could yeah. just have Bianca show up with the SmackDown women's title and Rhea suddenly has... No one, everyone will best. say, hey, hey, what happened to her title for 10 minutes on Twitter? And then it'll be just accepted. Like, yeah. these are the new champions. You don't have to call any attention to it. I think everybody soured sours on the idea because of just, you know, the fiasco that, that was, you know, the Becky and Charlotte one for other reasons. The the idea of a belt exchange itself, yes, it's kind of maybe insulting to like the people who keep up with um title histories and record days and whatnot, but ultimately what are we talking about? Switching the color and name of a championship. And I, I don't think it, it should be that we should be that concerned. Yeah, it's uh you know just uh you know Bianca can call herself the SmackDown women's champion on Friday and she's the raw women's champion on Monday. You just alternate which show you're on. <laughs> sure yeah all right well thanks everyone for joining us tonight for the coverage of the draft let's go over uh this week on the site because on tuesday Braden and davy will be live at 10 15 eastern it should be a noteworthy edition of nxt with a significant portion of their roster that is getting the call up and that's going to probably make nxt interesting for the next couple of weeks they also have that battleground show to build up for uh, which is only a couple of weeks away at the end of May, that insane weekend. Those two will be pouring a lot out for all the people that are about to be leaving NXT. So, well, um, yeah, let's uh, let's see. Let's see how they handle it on the show tomorrow. And um, let's see how many people in Toronto will not be watching the Leafs game and will instead be watching NXT. A great question. Wednesday night, we will be live at 10 Eastern, kicking things off with a big historic announcement on Rewinded Dynamite. And the same day, postwrestlingcafe.com will have a review of Wrestling Dontaku with Karen Peterson and Bruce Lord. Thursday, Brandon Thurston and I are going to do a analysis show on the WWE Q1 earnings. So the earnings call will take place on Wednesday. We will be live Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern to go through the previous day's call and Q1 report. And then we've got Rewind Away dropping on Thursday for all patrons with Bruce Lord joining us live in studio as we go back to the Cruiserweight Classic Final from September of 2016 as the final four meet to determine the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. And we might be pouring a few out ourselves with Bruce. You might you <laughs> might be tuning in for a review of the CWC and end with a taste testing live on the air. This is maybe, a video maybe not. if there ever was one. So video.postwrestling.com. This might be the week you want to get the video version for Rewind Away. That is that is our tease for this week. Uh, but lots of big stuff coming up this week. Rewind to SmackDown. Way and I will be live Saturday night after Backlash. And Phil and Eric are going to have a UFC 288 post show. I think they're going live at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. So maybe that is one that you're going to catch the podcast of later in the day, unless you're an early bird on Sunday. So they will have UFC 288 covered. Way is counting down the minutes till Henry Cejudo comes out of retirement to challenge Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight title. Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad going five rounds. 
all happening in Newark, New Jersey this coming Saturday night. So the whole schedule up at postwrestling.com and anything else way. Final words, final tips, final advice for the listener. Um, final advice. Hey, um, rest in peace, Jerry Springer. Take care of yourselves and each other.